Welcome to the Expert Series, brought to you by the Lupus Foundation of America. Today's episode is on the importance of fatty acids for people with lupus in conversations with Catherine Waringa. Catherine is a PhD candidate at Michigan State University, and today we're going to talk a little bit about her very exciting work in Dr. James Peska's lab. Welcome, Kate. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks so much for uh, coming and chatting with us today. I'm so excited about some of the research that you have shared with us. Interesting for us to share with everyone listening as well that you are a Gina M. Finzi Memorial Student Fellow of 2019, and this is an award that the Lupus Foundation of America gives out. So congratulations on that as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was really honored to receive this award, and it's been really cool to get to work with people at the Lupus Foundation now that I've received it. Everyone there has been super supportive of my research, and yeah, it's been great. Yeah. You know, it's so great to connect with people who get all these great awards and all these all over the United States. And you are actually at Michigan State University. I know that you've got some exciting things to share, um, specifically with omega fatty acids. And for those of you listening, I think it's important to know a little bit about what fatty acids are and why they're important. We usually get, you know, short uh, news reports that come out about nutrition from time to time, you know, from a million different resources. And so um, could you just talk with us a little bit about why omega fatty acids are important and maybe what kinds there are? Yeah. A lot of times in the news we hear about, um, well, you hear about the different omega fatty acids. So you hear about omega-3, omega-6, omega-9. And so I'll start quickly by um, kind of defining those and where you would find them in different foods. And then um, I can get into more about what we're seeing with specifically omega-3 fatty acids. So the foods we consume contain a handful of different classes of fatty acids. And so if you were to look on the back of a nutrition label, you usually see like total fat, saturated fat, monounsaturated fat, and then polyunsaturated fat. And so the omega fatty acids fall under this class of polyunsaturated fatty acids. Um, And so all this means is that the long fatty acid chain has different types of bonds in it than the other two classes of fatty acids. Within those polyunsaturated fatty acids, we can find the omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids. And the really important thing about um, these omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids is that we can't make these fatty acids on our own. So every cell in our body has a membrane that's composed of different types of fatty acids. And most of these fatty acids, our bodies or our cells can build from other smaller building blocks. But omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids have to be consumed in the diet if we're going to see them showing up in our membranes. And so there's been lots of studies showing that if you don't have omega-3s and omega-6 fatty acids, you have all sorts of other health problems. So these are considered um, essential fatty acids. So we need to consume them in the diet. So you're saying that like part of every single cell fat is a part of every single cell, but these are the ones that we, our body doesn't make on its own. Is that right? Correct. So your cells, um, yeah, so your cells can make a lot of the different types of fat that they need to put into those cell membranes, but they can't make omega-3 and omega-6 fat. So we have to eat them. (laughs) Yeah. If everybody paused right now to go get a snack, what snack should they get? (laughs) Yeah. So these omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids are in lots of different foods. So the omega-3 fatty acids 
recipes are in things like walnuts, flax seeds. So um, the omega-3 fatty acids that I'm going to be talking more about um, are in fish and uh, other marine fats. So like <laughs> anything that has any sort of like algae derived oil in it. Um, I'm a big fan of salmon. So <laughs> I don't know if you would just go snack on salmon, but um, if you're having a meal with a lot of salmon, you get tons of omega-3 fatty acids in that. But, but it's hard to make salmon too. Uh, what about like um, other fish, ones that are easier? Like, are there any canned fish that might work? The omega-3, the fish that are the richest in omega-3 fatty acids are the more oily fish. So you're going to get more omega-3 fatty acids in something like tuna or salmon than you would in more of a leaner, like white fish, like say tilapia. So you uh, can get canned salmon actually. So that's actually, I have that in my cupboard right now. So that's actually a pretty easy way uh, to get salmon if you don't want to be making it all the time. Other, I guess, maybe easiest way is just through fish oil supplements. You can buy fish oil capsules from any grocery store or pharmacy, um, and those contain pretty high levels of the omega-3 fatty acids that we are interested in and that you would find in a normal meal of oily fish. Okay, so we have omega-3s, which are like fishes mm -hmm. and nuts and flax seeds and all of those foods that just, they just sound healthy. So I'm guessing omega-3 yeah. is good fatty acid. What about omega-6? Yeah, so omega-6 fatty acids, um, we can find these. One of the highest levels of omega-6 fatty acids will be um, in uh, different vegetable oils. So corn oil, uh, soybean oil, those have really high levels of omega-6 fatty acids. In our Western diets, we generally tend to cook with these types of oils that are really rich in omega-6 fatty acids. And so we have super high levels of omega-6 fats in our diet, which people have shown to be potentially a risk factor for an increase in these more inflammatory outcomes and inflammatory diseases um, because we have such high levels of these omega-6 fatty acids. Wow. Okay. So the Western diet has more omega-6 fatty acids, which is an essential fatty acid. So you said it's essential, so our cells need right. it. Yeah. But we have such a yep. high level in the Western diet. What does that, what does that mean? If, if that's inflammatory, how do we, how do we make that work if, if we're getting more of the omega-6s than omega-3s? Yeah, yeah. So you're right. What you said is correct. Um, the omega-6 fatty acids are essential. So you shouldn't just try to cut them out completely um, because they are important. But the really important thing is the balance between the two, between the omega-6s and the omega-3s. The best way to really kind of boost the omega-3 fatty acids in our bodies and in our cell membranes is to both take supplements supplementation or at least eat a lot of meals with those oily fish, but also to try to reduce the omega-6s when possible. So that could mean switching from using corn oil to using something like olive oil, which actually has a lot of omega-9s. Um, so that's different from omega-6 or omega-3. It's kind of seen, I guess, more neutral. It doesn't really play into that omega-3-6 balance. So kind of switching those omega-6 rich vegetable oils over to a different type of oil. Um, that can play a big role in reducing the levels of omega-6. Also, just trying to cut down on things that we know are really rich in omega-6 fats. Most poultry, beef, eggs are all really rich in omega-6. So again, these are important things in our diet, but 
they can be overdone and kind of throw things out of balance. So just kind of maybe if possible, switching out a meal with a bunch of chicken or beef to something with fish. Um, that's one way that we can try to shift that balance to kind of increase the levels of omega-3s as opposed to omega-6s. That sounds pretty easy. So just like maybe as a rule of thumb thinking, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to just switch out maybe my, um, you know, not going to deep fry uh, white fish. Instead, I'm going to lightly saute salmon in olive oil. That sounds like yeah. a you know, pretty yeah, good exactly pretty good switch and we all know that that has you know great impact for our health in general too and um you know reducing some of the um cholesterol in our body and some of those things that are really not great for heart health so you talked a little bit about the balance of three to six and i think um when we were talking before um uh, you mentioned that the omega-6 fatty acids compete for space in the cell right for omega-3s is that do i understand that correctly yeah, yeah. So um, our bodies are really smart. And so they know how to, or our cells are really smart. And they generally keep a pretty consistent level of the total amount of those polyunsaturated fats. So that includes the threes and the sixes combined. That means that the sixes can displace the threes and vice versa. So if we're keeping a very consistent level of total omega fatty acids, then uh-huh. if we decrease the amount of omega-6s, we're naturally going to then have an increase in the amount of omega-3s um, and vice versa. So, yeah, there's kind of this whole competition thing going on there. Um, and so understanding that and then understanding kind of the implications of trying to not only supplement with omega-3s, but also decrease omega-6s um, can be really helpful for kind of optimizing these nutrition strategies. Gotcha. And so, and you, uh, you see this stuff as it works in the lab. And so, what a person, um, person with lupus who's listening, who, who would consider, you know, maybe I do need to get a supplement, or maybe I do need to increase my amount. How, how can, how do they know if this is something that, that they need? I mean, is everyone at risk for being low? And the right balance of the omega three and the omega sixes? Is there something? How should they approach this conversation with their physician who's, or their, you know, nurse practitioner or advanced practice um, uh, uh, providers? How can they approach this conversation? Like, how do they know if they need it? I would guess that if it's an individual living in the United States consuming a Western style diet, they probably have fairly low levels of um, omega-3 fatty acids. So um, one way that we measure this or describe the levels of omega-3s is by the omega-3 index, which the omega-3 index is basically just a measure of how much of those omega-3s can we find in a drop of blood, basically. So in general, in the United States, most people in the U.S. have omega-3 indices of about 4% or below, which is pretty low. Um, And again, this arises because our Western-style diet is so rich in the omega-6s. So just kind of a side note, it's recommended that we're consuming a ratio of about four to one omega-6 to omega-3. So consuming about four times more omega-6s than omega-3s. That's the recommendation. However, the Western diet, um, that ratio is estimated to be actually closer to 20 to one, meaning we're consuming about 20 times more omega-6s than we are omega-3s. So again, this results in a really low uh, level of omega-3 fatty acids in our cells. Um, Wow. And so, as a, <laughs> yeah, a really, a really easy way to, yeah, it's a big difference. So 
a really easy way to assess this is just through a simple blood test. Um, there actually are like at-home kits that can be purchased. Um, uh, and all you need to have is a single drop of blood. You put it on a special piece of filter paper and then put it in an envelope and it gets sent away to a lab. Um, and then the lab can measure the levels of all sorts of different types of fatty acids in that drop of blood, including the omega-3s and 6s. Um, and then they can give you a report of how high your omega-3s are um, in that drop of blood. So it's a pretty easy, um, pretty easy test. Uh, to figure that out. That is really fascinating. Is that something that can also be ordered like with other blood work? You know, I know a lot of people with lupus, are, they, you know, they're going every three to six months, hopefully, to a rheumatologist or whoever's treating their lupus, and they're getting blood work anyway. Is that something that can be added on in the office visit or um, kind of assessed so that, you know, so it's all done at the same time? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know that even so these commercial companies that I mentioned that you can personally purchase like an omega-3 test kit, they also work with doctors and people in the medical field and they can, a doctor could order this exact same test and have it done in the lab. And it would just, it would give you the exact same information. Uh, it'd give you your omega-3 index. Um, so it's, again, it's a really simple test. It could easily be added on um, to a regular panel of blood work or it wouldn't, really even require any additional blood. It would just be the same test um, or the same sample that they could then measure this omega-3 index in. So, yeah. That is now as you're talking about with the imbalance in the American diet or the Western diet of omega-3s and 6s, it does uh, beg the question, you know, should we be looking at people with lupus with a closer eye on what they're consuming, what they're eating, and how that really impacts their lupus? Right. And I would say for definitely for measuring the omega-3 index, like doing it routinely is important. So, so like if you have, if there's a patient with lupus and their doctor recommends or they choose to try some of these nutritional strategies to try to enhance their omega-3 index, the only way to know if it's working is to be measuring it. So um, I've read that people recommend about every six months measuring uh, the omega-3 index. Um, so it's something that in order to really know if the changes you're making are actually having an effect, we need to measure it. So, yeah, I think the routine measurement is really important. And I think it kind of it, it reminds me of so many of the conversations that I have had as a health educator talking with people with lupus and just the complexities of how to kind of manage nutrition and exercise and, you know, things that we can control. Um, but also making sure that you're seeing the right kind of provider or person that can oversee it. And it really just right. underscores some of the, some people with lupus might find it helpful to consult with a nutritionist and to have a conversation with a mm -hmm. rheumatologist and say, I wonder if, you know, I might benefit from speaking with someone about my diet and how I can incorporate more healthy choices in, in my day to day that can help me feel better. And I think that's, really what people with lupus are wanting in the end, right, is feel yeah. some relief from um, some of the symptoms. And you did talk about um, inflammation early on with um, the omega-3s and omega-6s. Can you just briefly uh, tell us a little bit about what you found in the lab and inflammation with the omegas? Yeah, of course. 
So um, our lab, we do a combination of experiments using both animal models, and then we also do stuff with cell culture work in, in vitro. So it's really just a plate full of cells, and we see how they respond to different inflammatory stimuli. So I'll talk a little bit about our in vivo work, our animal work, because that's probably the most uh, relevant to this conversation. So um, our lab uses a, a mouse model that uh, is genetically prone to develop lupus. So these animals, um, if they live long enough, they'll eventually develop lupus-like symptoms. Um, and so we've actually found that certain environmental exposures can trigger um, lupus-like flares in these animals. So that's probably a <laughs> a whole nother conversation about how different exposures can trigger lupus. Um, but on the flip side of that, we found that if these animals are fed diets that are really rich in these omega-3 fatty acids, then they're protected from the development of these uh, lupus-like symptoms and lupus flares. And so in kind of digging into why this might be, we've seen that these animals have much lower levels of general inflammation. So if we measure certain, you know, blood markers of inflammation or levels of inflammatory cells, we find that they're much lower um, in our animals that were fed the omega-3 rich diets. And so to kind of look at more what the omega-3 fatty acids are doing, that's when we move into kind of these more cell, cell culture type models where we literally just treat cells with different omega-3 fatty acids and then see how they respond to different inflammatory insults, basically. And so we've been able to show that if certain immune cells have more omega-3 fatty acids in their cell membrane, then they won't respond as intensely to different types of inflammatory stimuli. So uh, yeah, some really interesting work. Other labs are doing similar things too um, in showing that these omega-3 fatty acids have a lot of potential for blocking a lot of these inflammatory pathways. That, wow, that is super exciting. I just think about that as just powerful information, you know, and really great research. And I'm so excited to see what comes after more of that research and how we can start to apply that and how people with lupus might adopt some changes made to their lifestyle that could possibly help, like you said, block some of those inflammatory triggers. Because it seems like what you're saying, you know, omega-3s and omega-6s are both fatty acids that are essential to the body, but we have to get mm -hmm. them from outside the body. And so we can make choices as to what that balance looks like. And that's, that's really powerful. I agree. I definitely, one thing that I've really loved about um, being part of this project is it really is pretty empowering that like we can actually make decisions every day about what we're putting into our bodies and what we're exposing ourselves to that can have really real implications in our, in our health. So yeah, it's an exciting project to be a part of and I am really excited to see where it goes and how it hopefully ultimately gets translated to um, human research as well. Yes. Fingers crossed. I'm well, I'm so <laughs> thrilled to have the opportunity to hear this from you straight from the lab and to share it with everyone who <laughs> listens and do our episodes and um, you know, of course, there's no lupus diet. We can make choices, like you said. We can make choices daily that are good for our body, and that is definitely power. So congratulations mm -hmm. on this exciting research that you guys have, have been working on, and congratulations on um, the Finzi Memorial Student Fellowship Award that uh, you Thank received. You. This has been such a treat to talk with you today. So thanks again so much, uh, Kate, for chatting with us today. Um, for all of you guys listening in, we will have another conversation next month.
We really hope if you have any questions or concerns about omega-3s or omega-6s that you can check out lupus.org and hopefully we can get any uh, answers to your questions that you might have. So thanks so much. 